Welcome to the global phenomenon, Surviving the Survivor, where we bring you the best guests in all of true crime. What's up, SDS Nation, and welcome to another episode and the final one before we go on a little winter break here of Surviving the Survivor, the podcast that promises to bring you the very best guests in all of true crime and a very interesting best guest today. But first, after nine plus years, Donna Adelson finally appeared in a Tallahassee courtroom to hear the charges levied against her including murder and conspiracy to commit murder of her ex-son-in-law, FSU law professor and legal scholar Dan Markell. Uh, The following day, her son, Charlie Adelson, was sentenced to life in prison without parole. He's currently, as far as we know, at a reception area in Chipley, Florida, in the Panhandle, awaiting a uh, word of which state prison he will be spending the rest of his natural life in. And now one of Charlie's high school classmates and Wendy's former friends is speaking out live on STS. A big welcome to Jared Ross. I'll tell you a little bit about him. Jared Ross is a high school acquaintance of Charlie Adelson, having graduated with him in 1995 and was a longtime friend of Danny Markell and Wendy Adelson. Jared is a two-time graduate of Florida State University, having earned both his bachelor's and juris doctorate, otherwise known as a law degree, from FSU. He currently resides in Tallahassee and is an attorney and lobbyist. Uh, Jared, welcome to you. How's everything? Doing well, doing well. I appreciate it. Uh, Appreciate you having me on, especially for this last show before you go on a little bit of a vacation to the cold weather. Yeah, and uh, before we do that, let me just remind everyone, please support the channel either on Patreon and or YouTube. And uh, if you're going to listen to us in the car, please listen on the audio platform, Spotify, Apple, Audible. Please give us five stars there. People were asking, the merch store is open for business. The book is going to be ready for pre-orders second week of January, as far as I know. And uh, while we're away, uh, tomorrow night, a lot of people were asking, the Jafco event in South Florida, where Ruth Markell was talking about trial life and all that goes into it. We are going to be airing that tomorrow night. Uh, it premieres at 5 p.m. Eastern time. And then uh, 5 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday, there will be an interview I just did with a, hyg- a dental hygienist who worked alongside Charlie Adelson. She had a lot of interesting things to say. So those are the two next big shows. Uh, Please stay on top of that. Congratulations to our giveaway winners uh, yesterday. I know the COE is on top of it. Um, Jared, um, I guess let's begin at the beginning. So you went to to high school with Charlie Adelson. Tell us where and what that experience was like, and then we'll kind of get up to present day. Yeah, I'll I'll give you a little bit of a rundown on how I uh, got to know Wendy and Charlie. Uh, I moved to to Florida, to Coral Springs, Florida, as a sophomore in high school back in 1992, a long time ago. Uh, And uh, I saw the question, yes, I did go to Terravella High School, graduated from there uh, in 1995 with Charlie. But I actually met Wendy first. Um, When we moved to South Florida, there was a neighbor that my folks had known uh, for years um, back into when we lived uh, in, in New Jersey. And we ended up randomly living two houses down from him. Uh, and I became friends with the son and he was in this acting group 
um, and ha- was friends with Wendy and uh, introduced me to Wendy. So, you know, a lot of stuff has been made about Wendy being a good actress. And, and it's very interesting to think back that that's actually how I met Wendy was a friend of mine was in an acting group with Wendy. Um, and I ended up meeting Charlie later. I moved in the summer. I ended up meeting him later that year in school at Taravella and got to know him just a little bit, not, not well, um, lost touch. Uh, and then at our 10 year high school reunion in 2005, <clears throat> my now wife at the time, girlfriend, uh, we, um, we ended up hanging out with Charlie and a group of other people that night. Um, and then randomly, just a, a couple of weeks later up at, at law school in Tallahassee, I'm standing outside, getting ready to start my first day of trial advocacy class. And I look over and I'm like, God, this girl looks so familiar to me. Who is she? And she looks at me and she says, Jared. And I was like, Wendy. And it was Wendy Adelson. She was a visiting student for her 3L, her third year of law school, because her boyfriend, Danny, had just become a professor at the law school. And so that's how I know the Adelsons is I, I have so many connections <clears throat> through high school and then law school. And then Wendy and Danny stayed in Tallahassee after Wendy had graduated law school, passed the bar. We all uh, were in Tallahassee and just became friends. And in fact, I was searching through some old emails in preparation for this show and found the email uh, for the invite to the housewarming party at Trescott when they bought the house. And uh, it, it's, it's kind of chilling to see that, but yeah. Wow. Kind of crazy. Wow. I don't know if you're willing to share that, but if you are, I could post that on uh, Instagram at survive and the survivor. We'll see. Uh, obviously Jared would have to be okay doing that, but yeah, I'll, I'll send that to you, Joel. Yeah. And uh, again, I'll post that at uh, on Instagram at survive and the survivor and Twitter at podcast STS. Um, Today is going to be, you know, a different type of show. It's going to be primarily just Jared and I having a conversation, and I want STS to be a part of it. So if you have questions for Jared and he is inside this circle, as they say, um, just put the triple Qs in caps, and I'm going to go through the chat and uh, try to get to them. But um, take us back to uh, 1995, Taravella High School. I think you're from Jersey, from Marlboro, not far from where I grew up originally. But um, sort of describe... Coral Springs, Florida, mid nineties. Uh, everyone sort of looks at the Adelsons as being this, you know, incredibly wealthy, prominent family because that's how they're described in the media. But they were sort of typical for Coral Springs, right? What was Coral Springs like? What was Tarabella High School like? Yeah, it, when we uh, ended up moving to South Florida, um, you know, my parents pretty much chose somewhere very similar to where I grew up in Marlboro. Um, it was upper middle class. Um, good Jewish population, um, you know, fellow member of the tribe here. So, uh, you know, we, we came down to Florida looking for the same things that we had in New Jersey and, um, Terra or Terravella, uh, Coral Springs kind of provided all that. Um, but it, it was, you know, there, there were some prominently wealthy people there, but there were also very middle-class people. And I never thought Wendy and Charlie kind of stood out as, you know, rich snobs or anything like that. I mean, they just fit in, in, in the Coral Springs, uh, community. Um, you know, they were just like a whole lot of other people that lived in Coral Springs and, uh, were a, a well-to-do Jewish family, uh, in, in Coral Springs. And so you, you were in high school, you're at Taravella High, and, uh, do you recall kind of your first encounter how you got to know charlie um how big was the high school all that it's a fairly big high school i think we had over 600 people in our graduating class um you know i looked at the yearbook recently i'm I'm not 
at home right now or I'd pull it out and show you, but it's a, it's a thick yearbook. Um, it's, it's probably, you know, maybe 2000 kids, uh, more than 2000 kids between ninth and 12th grade. Um, I had class with Charlie. I uh, couldn't even remember which one to, to be honest, but that's how I first met him. Um, being the new kid, um, I really was not in anyone's quote unquote click. Uh, so I just kind of talked to a lot of people. Um, he seemed nice enough. He was a, you know, taller, skinny Jewish kid, much, you know, I was more, I was shorter, uh, didn't grow until between my junior and senior year, but I was a very skinny Jewish kid as well. So, um, you know, we kind of, you know, we got along, but I would not, I, you know, I want to be clear because I know how, how much Charlie hates when someone claims they're his best friend, uh, <laughs> as we hear, hear in all these calls, uh, shout out Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, <laughs> but, uh, we were not friends in high school. In fact, I, I really didn't hang out with Charlie much until that, that 10 year high school reunion. Um, and we had a great time at that reunion. I mean, at that point we're all old enough to drink We, you know, um, some people were working, others like myself were in grad school, but we, you know, we had a really good time and he was just, he was a fun guy at that, at that reunion. Um, in fact, my wife, you know, commented on it, uh, to, to Wendy at one time when we were hanging out, just, you know, we really enjoyed hanging out with your brother at that reunion. So, um, but I did know him in high school, we were acquaintances. Um, but I, I would say I probably talked to him more later on in life as we were older than, than at that point. Uh, this is definitely not a repeat, uh, Denisha Bradell. Uh, it is, this is a live show, uh, coming to you live in Australia as well. So, um, a lot of people said that about Charlie, that he was sort of a fun guy and he's still alive. So I guess he shouldn't be talked about in the past tense, but, um, could you ever imagine in your uh, wildest dreams at that 10 year anniversary where even your wife commented that you fast forward to 2023 that he would be convicted of murder could you ever ever have seen that coming not at that point no i mean again when you're in a school and and i don't know what tara bell is like now obviously i graduated we're coming up on our 30th uh high school reunion which uh charlie won't be at um but uh we're coming up on that and and when i was at tara Bella, you don't think of any of those people ending up in prison for the rest of their life for uh, you know for, for, for putting together a hit. Um, it's, it's just insane. But if I could tell you a quick story, uh, yeah, we were talking please. about it, uh, at lunch today. Um, I'll never forget. I, I remember the day that Danny was shot, like it was yesterday for a couple of reasons. Number one, when someone, you know, and, and we're fairly close with <laughs> had something like this happen, you remember it. But also my, my wife was nine months, uh, pregnant with my son. My son was born July 22nd. So four days after this happened. So, every day around that time <clears throat> is very clear in my mind. And I remember sitting in my office and I would check in with my wife. Are you feeling you ready? You know, you're ready to go. And, and, uh, I just, I logged on at my computer to Tallahassee Democrat and I saw shooting on Trescott and I was like, Oh wow. That, and so I called my wife, uh, and I was like, Hey, did you see there was a shooting on Trescott? And she's like, Oh my gosh. And I said, that's where Danny and Wendy lived when they were married. At the time, I didn't know if Danny still lived there. I knew Wendy didn't, but I didn't know if Danny still lived in that house. The next morning, I remember <clears throat> logging on to Facebook, and, and uh, I'll say her name only because she's been mentioned on the show before, um, but Tamara, I saw a post from her on Facebook, because her and I are friends as well, and I saw her talking about Danny and, and how, oh my God, I can't believe it's you, and you're such a good person, and, and all this, and I... 
I went in, my wife was, was still asleep because it was early in the morning. And again, she was about to have a baby. And I went in and I said, oh, I can't believe it. It was Danny who was shot. And she looked at me and she looked up half asleep and she goes, it was a hit. She knew it right away. Part of that is my wife is a criminal appeals attorney for the state. So she deals with this stuff all the time, but she just knew it. And it was just very chilling. And even talking about it today with her, it was, it, it, it gives, it makes the hair on my arm stand up. Wow. Uh, and I talked to some people at the Jafco event that know the Adelsons and uh, they, they told me similar stories that the minute they heard about the Dan Markell murder, they didn't say it quite like that, but they said it's Charlie. Um, like they, yeah. they knew they had an instinct. Um, I did get to know or uh, meet Jared. I should say we were both happened to be, we both happened to be, to be guests on court TV a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, that's how I got to know him. Look at Louisa here. Uh, hi, new sub here. Glad I finally catching a live stream. Thanks for the Christmas show. We did an insane show yesterday with Carm. Um, everyone yet was yelling at me for cutting her off. I won't cut off Jared. Um, she's from Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo's were my brother-in-law, my wife's husband is from Sao Paulo. So we've got ties there. Um, here's a question for you. I don't know if you can answer it because keep in mind, um, he knew Charlie a little bit in high school, but he knew the Markells and Wendy better. But was Charlie egotistical and Donna's golden child growing up? Any idea about that, Jared? Well, I'll tell you, um, and, and I got to give a shout out to uh, to a group of, of high school friends. We have a group that <clears throat> we uh, are on Facebook together. Uh, we call ourselves the Jury Duty Group. Um, and a lot of them have known Charlie even longer than I have. Uh, and so we've talked about this and and all of them have said the same thing, that that he wasn't you know, egotistical. Um, he was goofy. Uh, it wasn't like he was, you know, thought he was better than everyone else. I think a lot of the ego, uh, came later on, um, when Charlie went to college and he started working out a lot and, you know, then he became a very successful and wealthy dentist, you know, money, money will go to people's head. Um, and I think that it, it was a later on in life thing. It was not, um, him growing up. Was he the golden child? I don't think he was the golden child. Uh, I think Wendy has always been the golden child, um, you know, and, and Wendy is, and you heard Jeff Lacoste say it in both his interviews and also on the stand. She's a very engaging person. And I, like I said, we became very close when she was in Tallahassee. Um, we hung out a bunch, um, spent Jewish holidays with them. And she is just someone that she can make you feel very important in the moment when you're with her. Uh, and, and I think she does that to everybody. And, and it's one of her manipulative moves. Um, and, and she's probably going to unfriend me on Facebook now uh, that I'm doing this and said this. Uh, I, I checked just before we're still connected on Facebook, but uh, that's probably not going to be for much longer. Interesting. Uh, we'll see if that happens. If you get disconnected, Courtney, addicted yeah, to I'll let you know. please do. Uh, please don't make me give it up for New Year's. You won't have to because we're going to have shows every day that we are gone. The Lifeboat, my man Tommy Scoville is here. Uh, support the Lifeboat. He's helping people get sober, doing important work, and he is a good dude. Uh, greetings from Sweden. Everyone coming out at this hour. So, Jared, you know, a lot of people, I'm sure, are going to say, hey, why is this uh, Jared Ross guy who knew Charlie, you know, in high school a little bit, but then knew Wendy and Dan? Why is he speaking out? Why is he, uh, you know, coming on these shows? Why did you decide to do Core TV? Why are you deciding to speak to uh, STS? I'll tell you, I, I 
was not going to for a long time. Um, in fact, I was the 2020 special that aired. Um, I was asked to go on that. I said no. Um, part of it was for my work purposes. Uh, you know, did not want to, um, you know, just put myself out there for that. And then a, a friend of your show and a good friend of mine, someone I've known for a long time, Dave Ehrenberg, mm-hmm. um, kind of suckered me into going on court TV the first time. Uh, <laughs> Dave, Dave was like, you got to do it with me. You got to do it. And I said, no, Dave, I'm, you know, I'm, I will give you all the information you want behind the scenes. But, I'm, you know, one thing is my old boss, uh, my first job out of law school, I worked for the American Cancer Society. And my old boss used to say, Jared, you've got a face made for radio. Uh, so <laughs> I, I tried to avoid uh, the, the TV stuff. Um, but Dave actually convinced me to do it. Um, he kind of suckered me into it. And I got a lot of positive feedback from my friends just saying, look, you can tell this story. You've got information. Um, and people deserve to know. Uh, so I, I felt like, you know what, why not, why not just go ahead and put myself out there. And I'm sure that there are some folks that are like, this guy's, you know, a jerk for doing it. But at the end of the day, this is a captivating story that it's not over. Um, and the other thing too, and, and I said this, I've said this to a lot of people is I want the Markel boys to know what a good person their dad was. Um, I knew Danny. I had gotten to know him both when he was at the law school, but also through personal things. And the biggest thing about this is this is about them. They need to, you know, they, they need to hear whatever it is, you know, the bad stuff that people say about Charlie, Wendy, Donna, Harvey, whomever. Their dad was a good guy. Um, as we would like to say, he's a mensch. You know, he, he was a really good guy. And that's why I want to make sure that that all this character assassination that's going on, that that Danny was abusive. And look, was Danny a hard guy to deal with sometimes? Yeah, he is. Extre- he was extremely intelligent. Um, he was a lot of times the smartest guy in the room and knew it uh, a lot smarter than I am. I can tell you that. But at the end of the day, such a good guy. Nobody, I mean, look, I love my kids. My two kids are, are my world. Um, but I don't know that anyone loved their two kids like Danny Markell did. Uh, and that's why I'm doing this because that's they are important and they are the true, you know, the, they're the true heroes in this story. And that needs to be known. And, uh, and that's the best reason to be speaking out. Uh, look at this, New Jersey, Kathy Dang. I'm from Homedale. Followed hey, right by- around the corner. <laughs> yeah. Right next to Marlboro, and there you go, That's Bergen right. County. That's right. Uh, so you talked about this a little bit. You said you, your wife knew it was a hit, but uh, we've got Nona Malou. Uh, Jared, what was your first reaction to the Dan Markell murder? I guess one, you know, you gave, you said your first child was born a few days later, but second child, my second, second child, second child. So yeah. once it settled in, um, this Dan Markell murder, what was your reaction really, and what were your feelings once the Adelson connection actually surfaced? So my first reaction that day, that Saturday morning when I woke up and I saw that, I was just shocked um, and, and and heartbroken uh, because, again, he, Danny was a friend. Um, so that was my first reaction. And then that Sunday, um, I went to Danny's memorial at, at Temple Shumre Torah. Uh, I actually ran into a, a fellow lobbyist and, and law school uh, graduate um, and sat with her and, and actually her and I have been to the some of the trial together. We've we followed this uh, along. I, I'm I think the other thing I was in denial. I didn't think that my friend Wendy could have anything to do with this for a long time. Uh, in fact, people 
you know, they mocked me for it. Um, they, they were, how could you be so naive? I'm like, you don't know, Wendy, there's no way she could have done this. And then I started thinking, you know, as time went on and the pieces just started put, being put together, I'm like, man, how could I have been so dumb? So at first I was in shock and, and disbelief and I was, I was heartbroken, but as time's gone on, I mean, there's just so much out there and, and we all know what happened. Uh, very interesting. Uh, I will be curious. So you said you're Facebook friends with her. Do you communicate to this day? We have not. I will tell you the last time I had a one-on-one -on -one communication with her, and I think I told you this, Joel, I wish I still had the full conversation. She reached out to me on Google chat. This was, you know, back when Google chat was a thing. Uh, and this was in September of 2014. <clears throat> and it was very weird and very random. And she just said, Jared, hi. And I said, Wendy, hi. Uh, and she was like, I don't know if you've heard, or maybe you have. And then she goes, well, wait, maybe I'm starting to remember. Did I see you at the memorial? And yes, uh, you know, first of all, I live in Tallahassee. How would I not have known? Right. Uh, but yes, she saw me at the memorial and she went into, I would have liked to have given you a hug. And <clears throat> now remember this is September of 2014. I still thought Wendy had nothing to do with this. Mm. So I was, you know, just kind of talking along and telling her that my son was born and, you know, we were talking, she said, I wish I was there, I could give you hand-me-down clothes and all this stuff. And uh, that is the last time. So it was September of 2014, the last time I had one-on-one -on -one communication. I think in 2016 or 17, and I could go through and I could probably find the email. Um, but there was an email that went out to a bunch of people. It was a mass email and it was like my side of the story. And it was some her telling, you know, an email just saying, up until now, I've not spoken out, but I had nothing to do with this and blah, blah, blah. And, and so wow. but wow. When, when, did that, when did you say that went out, that mass email? That's interesting. I want to say it was 27, 16, 17, or it may have even been around the time of the first trial in 2019. I'll, Joel, I'll, I'll look back and see if I can find that email. I'm sure I have it somewhere because other mm -hmm. than my old work emails where I don't work there anymore, I, I – pretty much keep all my emails you just you never know what you need them for so <laughs> you're a lawyer you know um exactly from uh, la mesa here uh question jared did charlie strike you as a genuinely happy guy in high school or more someone acting as though they had it all together and were happy but not really what i don't know if uh, yeah you know what i was 17 when i graduated high school so i was you know when 15 16 17 the three years i was at Terravella. i don't think a 17 year old kid knows the difference between genuinely happy or acting happy um but he and wendy both seemed like happy you know happy kids uh had, like they had it all together um i didn't know i, I know someone asked about robert in there i didn't know robert at all he was he's he's a few years older than uh, Charlie and I are, and we were never in school together. And to be honest, until probably all this stuff started, I didn't even know there was a Robert Adelson. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, he is the estranged uh, son slash brother uh, from Chris <clears throat> M. This is an interesting question because people are now sort of questioning the actual motive. Was Dan hoping to move with his kids to New York to be with Amy Adler. That was his new girlfriend. Uh, wondering if that was also part of the Adelson's motive. Have you given this? I'm sure you have, Jared. The reason, uh, do you fully believe it was the um, relocation of the kids from Tallahassee to Miami? Other people are also bringing up certain aspects that 
maybe Dan was trying to get Wendy disbarred. Um, have you com- come to a place in your own mind where you believe you know what the motive is for this crime? I can't, I, you know, and, and I, I hope this is a good thing. I can't get in the mind of a psychopath, um, <laughs> so it's hard to know. But I would say to me, I, I don't know. I had never heard Dan uh, talking about moving to New York. Um, I had never heard any of our friends mention that. It's a possibility. I, I, you never know. But I, I highly doubt that Dan would so vociferously contest Wendy relocating and taking the kids and then try and do so himself. Um, that just seems uh, counterintuitive to what he was trying to do. Plus, he was really liked at Florida State um, by the uh, administration and, and by the the deans. Um, you know, he was on track to be a tenured professor. I, I, I don't know that he would have been trying to move. And as far as the motive goes, I just think it was a culmination of everything involved in that in, in that divorce, which, by the way, you know, one of the things that, that I want to also tell is for a while, none of us even knew they were getting divorced when it first happened. Um, we were talking about it. I, I had hired a, a girl at my old job uh, who was, you know, connected in our circle of friends, knew Wendy and Danny as well. And, and one day we were talking, we're like, you know, we haven't heard from Wendy or Danny in forever. And this was at some point in 2013, I believe. Uh, and she came in the next day and said, well, I, I did some digging. They're getting divorced. And I was like, what? I, we had no idea. Um, so as unhappy as Wendy was or, or says she was, a lot of us had no idea that they were separated or getting divorced until it was further down the line. Um, so, you know, it, it, yes, it was this contentious divorce. I think, but I think that was, I think they tried to hide it from some people at first as well. Mm. Uh, from Alicia File, uh, Jared, are you surprised uh, by the Adelsons ending up here? Uh, from one Jew to another, I'm having a hard time believing Wendy is involved. Uh, you sort of intimated at the fact that you do think she is involved. So let's flat out ask you, do you think Wendy had a part in this? So the first question, am I surprised the Edelsons ended up here? I'm surprised anytime anything ends in murder. Um, it's just not in murder. Murder's not in my DNA. I mean, I've, we've all done bad things in our lives. We all, you know, have people that we may not like, but I just can't imagine getting to the point of murder. Um, self-defense, that's a whole nother thing, but murder itself, no. Uh, so he, do I believe Wendy was involved? You know, it's funny. You asked Dr. J the other day if he believed that Charlie was guilty and he didn't want to answer. I will answer. Yes, I believe she was involved. And yes, I think Charlie's guilty. Wow. There you go. Right there from a guy that knows them both. Um, that is the Adelson family we are looking at right there. Convicted Charlie with his uh, head in his hands. Wendy in the middle. Um, Donna arrested. Elena Garcia has an interesting question. So you hear Jeff Lacasse, he's interviewed um, by police, and then he's on the, the stand. A uh, very credible witness. He was Wendy's uh, boyfriend, and he says he was really mesmerized here. So uh hope your wife isn't listening. But did you ever ever have a crush on Wendy, Jared, being the nice Jewish boy from New Jersey? Um, was she attractive in person? Did she have this sense, sense of uh, about herself where she could mesmerize or hypnotize a man i mean my wife knows this i uh <laughs> the first girl that i ever quote unquote 
dated when I moved to Florida was Wendy Adelson. And I don't talk about that. You know, I don't, I don't like to talk about that now. Um, but it was nothing like serious or anything. I think I was 15. Um, but our friend had introduced us, like I said, and, you know, I thought she was a, she was a good looking 14 year old. Um, you know, and there was nothing to it. I think it was like a week or two week, you know, teenage like crush thing. But, um, as we got older, did I, I mean, yeah, I mean, she was, she's an attractive woman. And in fact, I had friends who called her hot Wendy, um, you know, that, that's, I mean, you can look at her and see that she's an attractive girl. If you can get past the fact that you think she had something to do with murder. So what, what was she like, uh, kind of in the early years when you said you dated her as, I mean, was she just kind of like your typical teenager? What was she like? Yeah. I mean, like I said, and I use the word dating very loosely because, you know, I don't know. I think we went to a movie one time. I can't remember. Um, but she was she was super nice. Um, and again, she was willing to give the new kid time of day, which a lot of people aren't when you get to high school. Uh, I don't know if any of y'all have been the new kid as a sophomore in high school. It's not the easiest thing in the world. Um, but, you know, I, I, I made it out OK uh, and, and made some good friends in high school. But it was uh, it was tough. And, and like I said, you know, it was a quick, you know, two week thing. And, uh, we, you know, again, we became friends later on in life when we met up again in 2005 in law school. And at that point I was already with my now wife. So there you go. It was off limits at that point from, uh, Sarah Fernley. Um, by all accounts, Charlie was a nice, funny guy, but Jeff Lacasse described him as a conduct disordered kid uh, and Jeff could only have heard that from Wendy. Uh, any hints of this, Jared? So um, do you know, was he was he a problem child at all? Like growing up in high school, was he getting into trouble? No, I mean, he was a good student from all accounts. Um, I don't think he was in any other any more trouble than any of us were. As far as I knew, um, I'm sure he pissed his parents off just like we all did. I'm sure uh, his brother and sister got annoyed with him the same way both my brothers have gotten annoyed with me. And uh, but I, I, you know, I couldn't speak on whether he was conduct disordered or anything like that. Jeff Lacoste is a you know social worker and and uh, and and I believe a, a you know licensed social worker, so he's going to know way more than I do on that stuff. Uh, LaMesa back with a question. Jared, do you know other people who knew the Adelsons better than you regarding six degrees of separation? Are they shocked by all this? Oh, yeah. I know a lot of people who uh, who know them very well. Um, like I said, I graduated from the same high school uh, from both that both uh, Wendy and Charlie graduated from. So we know a lot of people. Um, we know we have a lot of the same friends, um, you know, one of Wendy's best friends growing up became a very good friend of mine while we were in college. Um, she will not, you know, she won't talk about this. Um, I know she's been asked to come on some of these shows. I'm not going to say her name because I don't want people bothering her. Um, but I, I reached out to her recently and she just says it, it's, it's, it's a lot. Hmm. Um, I went to <clears throat> JPT in between Robert Taravella. Yeah. Oh, there you go. JP Taravella in between Robert and Charlie. Charlie's not the only murder from Taravella. How about that? Bradley, Bradley Mills, while in high school, murdered a student is doing 50 years in prison. Uh, Marilyn Manson basis. I've no, you, you must know what he's talking the, about. The basis for Marilyn Manson graduated from JP Taravella. Also. Oh, oh there you yeah. go. 
Got murders wow. and uh, rockers, I guess. Um, <laughs> and uh, people commenting on the new background. I am fixated. The COE is sick of hearing about it, but I got to flip flop these because the name of the show should be where STS Nation is. So um, if anyone knows how to drill and I am not one person that does, I am not a person that does, let me know. Uh, this, the COE has had enough of me bugging her about that. Um, Jared. Did you ever meet their mother, Donna, who is now sitting in a Leon County jail? What is, what is the story with Donna? So I, it, it's funny. I, I know I've met Donna before. In fact, she was at a couple of the, um, the time she was there a couple of the times that we were at their house. She didn't make much of an impression. Um, she just kind of sat there uh, and it wasn't, you know, th- th- there was no real interaction with Donna, but yeah, I, I met her once or twice um but again that you know never had much of a reaction when i hear her on some of these calls and talking to her i mean i have a little bit of a a flashbacks because you know being the son of a jewish mother from brooklyn it's uh you know it's uh very reminiscent although i will tell you my mom was nothing or is nothing like donna um but she is a jewish mother from brooklyn and so you know i i can hear it's the accent really and the you know the the honey and the sweetheart and it's just, <laughs> you know, Joel, you know. Yes, yes, I do. My mom's Eastern European, but I get the yeah, idea. For my sure. dad is Eastern European, so. Uh, there you go. Uh, we've got that in common. So um, this obviously has to be incredibly <laughs> surreal. You know, it happens in 2014, the birth of your second child a couple of days later. But then eventually we get the hitmen arrested. You got Luis Rivera, Sigfredo Garcia, Katie McBanawa. And then the Dateline and 2020s of the world start doing shows and then podcasts start doing shows and then Court TV starts calling you. How surreal has this whole experience been that you know these people um, that this story is being told about? I will tell you, it's beyond surreal. And and look, there's a lot that's gone on in Tallahassee since I've lived there that has made the news. Uh, in fact, the Over My Dead Potty podcast is four seasons Two of them are about murders in Tallahassee. Uh, so, I mean, that's just, and we're not a big town, um, but we are, you know, we do have some large universities there. Um, it's it's super surreal. It's being connected to all these people. And, and the first time I was on Court TV, I said this is, this is like a movie to a lot of people. You've got characters. I mean, you've got Tuto and Tato. Uh, there, there's a, a stripper that Fredo Garcia, who they called Shrimp. I mean, there's all these names, and it sounds like it's this crazy movie, but to a lot of us, this is real life. This is something we all lived through and are still living through because it's affected our community so much. And then you add into the fact, and, and I don't want to keep going back to the, this, but you know, you add into the fact that the Jewish community in Tallahassee is even smaller than the small community we live in, and we're all connected. And then that I went to the law school where Danny taught and and uh, I never had Danny as a professor. He didn't start until my last year of law school and he taught criminal law, which you take your first year. Um, but then that Wendy was in my class and that we ended up reconnecting and all of these things. It's it's beyond surreal. Yeah, um, I can only imagine. Lisa D here. What do you make? Uh, this is, you know, getting a little further ahead now to the calls, but uh, it is uh, the middle of the christmas holiday here so we can do whatever we want what do you make of charlie calling georgia kappelman a liar over and over again on the jail calls when his entire testimony uh was a lie this double extortion we'll get into that too but what what do you make of uh 
him taking shots at Tallahassee and Georgia Kaplan. So I don't know Georgia personally. Um, I, I hope to uh, to meet her and, and thank her for all she's done. In fact, um, about, gosh, a little less than two week, three weeks ago, my wife competed in this Dancing with the Stars thing in Tallahassee. And uh, Jack Campbell, the state attorney, was there. And he and my wife know each other through they're both, you know, they both practice in criminal law um, and they talked for a little bit. And I just said, Jack, I just want to thank you for all you're doing to for the Markells. I'd like to do the same to, with Georgia. Plus, I just love to pick her brain about how she's dealt with all this. But the one thing I mean, watch the trial, watch how she handles herself. Georgia's not a liar. Georgia is a brilliant, brilliant trial attorney. And believe me when I tell you that Georgia could be making a lot more money than she's making at the state attorney's office, but she loves what she does and she loves bringing justice for people. And it is obvious. And then Sarah, Sarah Catherine Dugan as well. I mean, both of them are just brilliant. And I don't practice in a courtroom. You said it, you know, when, when I came on, I'm a lobbyist. Um, yes, I'm a licensed attorney and I, I keep my, my bar membership up, but um, if I were going to be a practicing attorney, I'd love to work with Georgia Kappelman and, and Sarah Dugan because they are brilliant. And, and Charlie just realizes he thought he had them. They had him all along. They, they knew it. Uh, they, they could tell that nobody was buying his, his garbage. And that's why they, they didn't ask him so many more questions. It wasn't because they were frustrated with the brilliant Charles Adelson. They just knew they had him. Yeah, a lot of people felt that they didn't, you know, eviscerate him on cross. Were you worried at that point? Not one bit. Uh, in fact, uh, if if my jury duty group were on here, they would tell you that a few of them were worried um, that they were like, oh, no, people are going to believe him. And I just kept saying, first of all, I had been in the courtroom uh, for some of it. Um, I was there when, when Charlie was was testifying for some of it because I wanted him to see that one of his high school friends knew, you know, someone he went to high school with knew what he did. Um, but also because I, it's, it's so captivating. Um, but I saw the jury, uh, you know, there was the one juror we all knew we were a little concerned about, um, thank God he was an alternate, but I, I told them all along, I said, nobody's buying this, nobody. And there's just, I, I mean, I could go through, you know, when we get there about the, the things I would have asked about the double extortion, but she summed it up in her closing and she knew she didn't have to ask the question. Don't give him more of an opportunity to talk because we know he likes to talk. Uh, that's for damn sure. Uh, from Rula, uh, you said you know Wendy, and now you feel quite strong that she is involved. Why now and not years ago? Is this media influence or something else? What uh, what made the pendulum swing? Well, in the beginning, you just want to believe your friend. Um, you know that that's what you want to do. You want to support your friend. You want to uh, be there for them. It's all of the, the factors, you know, the changing of the last name, um, the withholding visits from the Markells, um, the uh, just everything combined. The podcast that she did where the writing podcast was so disgusting and despicable, the way she talked about Danny and the other thing like that people never bring up is she talked about wanting to take her recently cancer-surviving dad to Machu Picchu. He never had cancer. There was no brain cancer. In fact, that was someone else's parent who died of brain cancer. 
One thing Wendy does is she likes to to gather other people's stories and use them as her own. Um, mm. and, and that's why. It has nothing to do with the media. Look, I'm not influenced by media. Um, I I think for myself, um, which is I know is, is somewhat rare these days. Um, but no, it's it's just the culmination of all the evidence that's out there. Uh, it's just there's just too much. Um Marcy, uh, Jared, has Wendy posted anything on Facebook? Has she been active on Facebook? But she's asking since Charlie's conviction, which yeah. is recent. I looked today. Um, the last post I saw was there was something from September where she had spoken at something at a school or something like that. And that's the last post I've seen. She's done a little bit more on Instagram, which, again, I may get uh, dis, you know, defriended on Instagram as well. But Again, it's all very, you know, very, very brief stuff. A lot of what she posts now are just happy birthdays to people, though I haven't gotten a happy birthday in a while from her. So, mm. uh, Julia Nielsen, Jared, is Wendy extremely intelligent? I know Donna thinks so. How would you rate her intelligence? I've heard she is very yeah. smart. She, she's extremely smart. Um, you know, Brandeis, where she went to undergrad, is a exceptional school. Uh, University of Miami Law School, as much as I hate to give the U <laughs> any type of props, it's a really good law school. Um, so, yeah, I mean, she's a, <clears throat> extremely smart. I, she got a uh, master's in England as well. I mean, she she's just a very smart girl. Um, from Akiva Shapiro, has Wendy posted pictures? We understand she has a boyfriend named George or Jorge, J-O-R-G-E. Uh, is there also is there anything you can tell us about the Markel boys? They were um, very young, obviously, when you knew them. Um, had they, you know, kind of formed little mini personalities by the time, uh, you know, when you knew them? Or were they still too young? No, still too young. Um you know, in fact, uh, again, they, they were the last time I saw them was at Danny's memorial and they were, you know, I think they were four and three or two and three. I mean, they were very young. Um, and as far as pictures with her boyfriend, she, like I said, she hasn't posted anything recently. I will tell you that other people have posted some pictures because I have friends who are very good Internet sleuths and have sent some things and, and uh as we're trying to find out who these people are, but yes, um, th there are pictures out there, but I, I haven't, I've only seen the one that someone sent to me. Do you, um, I know you said you never met Rob, the estranged son, but a lot of people, and obviously, um, there was an issue where he wanted to marry a young Indian woman and Donna flipped out. Um, but do you know, was that, was that really what was at the root of the estrangement? Do you know any, give any insight into what separated, uh, him from the family? I, I, as far as I know, that was it. Um, the one thing I will find uh, that I, I've always found interesting, though, is when you listen to the original podcast that kind of brought this to mainstream is, is Rob was interviewed and he was not shy about his feelings on whether he felt his family could be involved. I'm sure that did not help with the with the estrangement. Um, but no, I mean, as far as I know, it, it goes back to uh, ironically, it goes back to him not wanting to marry a Jewish woman when later on the, you know, the crazy emails from Donna about baptizing the kids in the Catholic church and dressing them up in uh, Hitler youth costumes, which, you know, makes me sick as the grandson of, of, uh, you know, a ho of Holocaust survivors, but it's just, you know, sh it shows their warped minds.
Yeah, Jared, what about that? When you heard about the Nazi uniforms and all oh. of that, what 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 was your reaction as a Jewish guy had to be uh, sick and, you know, it was sickening? I was infuriated. Um, <laughs> not, not even, I mean, first of all, the fact that anyone could think of that, but to actually put that in writing and to think that you're you're getting back at someone for doing that. No, you're a sick human being for if you say something like that. That's just like there are certain things that are just completely out of bounds and you should never even go there no matter how much you dislike someone. And and that's that's one of them. Uh Gail Starchuk, uh nice you're on on Boxing Day. Uh it is Boxing Day in Canada. There you go. So uh, I guess happy Boxing Day, if that is what one says. Um, so, and I just, uh, with that, got rid of the previous comment, which I was coming to. Uh, I wonder, yeah, this is Phil. Phil's in the chat. Look at this. Phil Markell is in the chat. Uh, this is Dan's father. Awesome guy. Uh, I hope he remembers that uh, my friend Ashley and I stopped he and, and Ruth at the courthouse during the Magbanawa trial a couple of years ago to introduce ourselves. Oh, I hope he does. Phil's a great, yeah. great guy. Uh, Phil, hope you're doing great and uh, getting uh, a round of golfing today, I hope. Uh, shout out to Phil Markell in our chat. He is Dan's uh, father. Greetings from Denmark here. Um, so let, let's go back to this most recent trial. Uh, you're an attorney. Uh, were you tense ahead of it? Um, how, how closely glued to your, uh, to your TV and Twitter were you for this trial? So I wasn't tense. Um, I knew they had all the evidence they needed. Um, it was it, it was almost a uh, we kind of had a countdown going uh, for the group of folks. And and uh, actually, when I'm at my office downtown in Tallahassee, I literally look out at the courthouse. So it's right next door uh, to where my office is. I'm sure when you were there, you probably saw my office building um I, I have that view right out there and then i can look catty corner to the Capitol when i'm in my office so it's, it's it's a great location um and that's why i was able to get over there and spend some time in the courtroom during the trial i uh, got to meet some folks uh who have been following the case for a long time but no i wasn't tense i was i was ready to get it going um we had kind of joked about uh in our our group about having you know a, a mini reunion of Terabella folks uh it never came to fruition i wish it had but no i wasn't tense i was ready for it i was i was excited that it was another step in justice for dan uh you sort of alluded to this before but asked in a different way jared is very captivating himself yes he is my question <laughs> What was the pivotal point when your denial of Wendy's involvement shifted? What was it? Oh, that's a good question. It's hard to think back, but it probably was her testimony in the first trial. Um, just listening to the, the testimony and, and knowing, I'm like, God, you are so full of you know what. I, it, it, it's, it, it, was, it was just awful. And her, her tone and her demeanor um you know i can't remember if it was the first trial or the second trial where she was like i'm not going to be arrested like i i don't know about you and and i know you've talked about it a lot about how like your biggest fear is going to prison i'm, I'm right there with you i wouldn't look yeah. good in, in prison orange uh <laughs> garnet and gold is my color not orange um but I, I will tell you and i tell everyone this too so any of my friends that are watching just know don't commit a crime with me because if we get caught i'm rolling on you um, I'm, I'm just being completely honest with you, uh, but it was probably during her testimony of the trial. And then 
to wear the same dress in the second trial. Like I was, what, what is she doing? Like it, it just, it was too much. Well, Tim Jansen, who's a uh, regular on our show, um, he famously said that uh, an actress wears the same costume at every performance. So that always, that always yep. stuck, uh, stuck out to me from, from Courtney age here. Uh, can you tell us what the memorial for Dan was like? What was that day like? It was it was a little bit of a mixed bag for me. Um, obviously, it was extremely sad. Um, I felt rude because I had to have my phone out the whole time in case my wife went into labor. Um, but <laughs> it was it was it was amazing to see so many people from the community come out for Dan. Um, it was heartbreaking to see his mother and father and sister uh, have to deal with what they were dealing with. You could tell there was some tension in the room, too. Uh, I remember that. I remember, um, and I think it was my friend who I was sitting next to had kind of leaned over and said, does it seem like there's a weird vibe? Uh, And there was. And you hear, if you read or listened to Ruth's book, you hear it talked about uh, in in that. It was just very, very um, depressing. It was very depressing, especially this is someone you know. uh, Dan's birthday was the, is the you know October 9th. Mine's October tenth. So I mean, we would joke about things like that. This is someone you had a personal relationship with, and now at forty one years old, you're at his memorial service. Like it, it, and not because he had cancer or was in a tragic accident. He was shot in his driveway. It, it could have happened to any of us. Yeah, horrific. Absolutely horrific. KO Las Vegas. Uh, and one of the jail calls, a hot mic moment. Um, Donna Adelson reads a text to uh, Wendy Adelson saying that everyone protects you. You have a lot to think about. Jared, did Charlie and the family seem overly protective of, of Wendy? She's really annoyed with Wendy because Wendy is not asking about Charlie uh, and also basically distant, distancing herself in these jailhouse calls saying, look, uh, you know, my lawyer told me not to have anything to basically do with you guys. Um, but what do you make of that call? And was Wendy overprotected by the family, as far as you know? She always seemed she always seemed like the world revolved around her. And and, and to be honest, um, and this is not a knock on Danny. This is just the way he, he was. I felt like he kind of treated her that way, too, as much as they want you to, to think that that's not the case. And they being the Adelsons. Um, almost everything he talked about was Wendy this, the boys this. If you uh, were friends with him on Facebook, it was Mrs. Bear and the Little Bears. Like, there was very little that was ever put on about himself, which is counter to what you hear them talk about. So uh, that that's just, you know, it just seemed like it always had to revolve around her. Hmm. Uh, so many good questions. Keep them coming from Glamis Girl. Has Jared watched Wendy's police interview? Does he think she was playing up for the police victims advocate? What was your take on that interview? Yeah, I, I did not see the the police interview until probably a year or two ago. Um, so, you know, that that's another thing that has completely changed my mind into, uh, you know, where, what her culpability was or maybe it was about three years ago. Maybe I saw it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, if you remember early on, I said, when I met Wendy, it was through this group of acting kids that were into acting. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, she's playing it up. Um, do I believe that she was truly crying? Yeah, I do. I don't, I don't, I don't think that there were all crocodile tears in there. Um, but a lot of it's just shock. Uh, even if she had something to do with this, like if you had something to do with, with, with this type of a horrific event, you'd still probably cry. Like, how did I get myself into this? Um, but listen to her talk to the, the victim advocate when she's talking about, um, we could be sisters. That's the manipulative part of her. Somehow she's trying to get that woman to think, oh my God, this girl's so great. She could have nothing to do with this. Or, you know, there, there are certain things she says. And then the whole, mom, I hope you're sitting down. I, it it yeah. just it seems like an act. Yeah, that was really weird to me too. Um, yeah. Julia Nielsen here. Uh, can Jared verify the validity of the Trescott Drive shortcut to ABC Liquor off Centerville? This is something everyone talks about. Oh, yeah. You live in Tallahassee. What do you think? Uh, it's horse, you know what? <laughs> um, because I could, first of all, you know, I know Charlie on the call is like, that's the only liquor store she ever knew. And okay. I live in Tallahassee. I've lived in Tallahassee since I went up for college in 1995. So longer than, you know, I, I'll never forget. I got up there as a freshman. I said four years in this town and I'm out. And here I am almost 30 years later. Uh, mm -hmm. But you know where the Publixes are. And I don't say Publix, Publixes, because we probably have more Publixes per capita than anywhere in the country. That's the supermarket uh, but, for those who do not oh know. My, yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> there are liquor stores all over Tallahassee, there is Market Street Liquors, which is there's probably four or five locations, including two by where she was living. There's another ABC, which is right, which she had to pass on her right hand side, not on her left hand side. She had to pass another ABC liquor to get there. So this whole it's the shortcut and Trescott's not a shortcut. There's like 30 speed bumps on Trescott. I have friends that live in Benton where we go to their house and I, and I can always, I tell you, I always hate, God, there's so many damn speed bumps in here. Um, but there's <laughs> nothing shortcut about it. The whole, I thought there was a tree down. I went back and looked, there was no rain that day. In fact, it was a beautiful day. And yes, there's a million trees in Tallahassee. We love it. We've got our canopy roads. They're amazing. Uh, Joel, I don't know if you got to drive around at all yeah. and see it. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. But trees don't just fall down. And there was no down tree. I, I mean, you could see I've lived in Tallahassee. I had a down tree in front of my house about a year ago. You know when there's a down tree. There's no police tape that says crime scene that, you know, and she had to drive right close up to the house. Mm -hmm. There's no way it's, it's not a shortcut. It's horse manure. And it's, it's probably part of what she's going to end up going down for. Uh, there you go. You heard it here first from uh, attorney <laughs> and lobbyist, Jared Ross, Lisa D. Uh, Jared, what do you think about the last name being changed to the children? Before we get there, though, real quick, Marlboro in the house. Red hey. hey, there you go, Marlboro. Uh, what about so Mustangs? Uh, yeah. What about um, you know, Wendy changing the boys' names? Kind of crazy. I, I I can't even imagine. Um, and the whole uh, I changed the names because our name wasn't in the news at the time, and I wanted them to be protected again. That's right up there with taking a shortcut to Trescott and finding a liquor store. I, I, it doesn't pass the smell test. Um, it's just, it's garbage. It's, it's not true, um, especially because they were saying 
Wendy Adelson, wife of Danny Markell. I mean, the Adelson name was out there too. Um, so changing the last names, it's heartbreaking. It's, uh, it's unfair. Um, and I hope someday those boys realize how disrespectful to their father that is. Someone asked if you were at the wedding, were you at their wedding? Dan and Wendy's wedding. I I wasn't. Um, I did receive a, an email from, uh, Wendy after the wedding with a picture from the wedding. Um, you know, I heard all, all about how, what a great event it was, which I then found out there were all these issues, uh, prior to the wedding, but I, uh, they, uh, it was mostly kept to, um, South Florida family and friends. And like I said, I got to know them better up in Tallahassee, ironically, than when we were in South Florida. Uh, from Sherry Douglas, great questions today, by the way, STS Nation, best guest, better community. Look back. Can you see traits in Wendy that would lead you to believe that she is capable of this or a sociopath or just a narcissist that would lead to this? When you do look back, you must look back a lot. You must lay in bed at night and say, whoa, what did I miss? But um, is there anything that you feel like you missed when you are looking back in time? Well, in case my wife is upstairs uh, <laughs> watching, I do not lay in bed thinking about Wendy Adelson. Um, but I will tell you that there are oftentimes I think back to like, did any of us, I mean, a lot of us who knew her, um, were we, you know, what did we miss? And again, I, it goes back to she's just very good at this whole manipulating thing. Uh, and you, again, you see it on the stand, the way she answers questions, her tone, um, the way she, she uh, you know, the, the way she inflects her words. You, you can tell that she thinks about everything, um, except going back and listening to her police interview before she testifies because she completely contradicted it several times. Um, but no, I don't know that I ever thought she would be capable of something like this. And I certainly, um, there were no signs of it, but again, now going back and looking, um, at what she said and and yeah, I, I, she definitely has some narcissistic behavior. There's no doubt about that. And that, that, not that I'm qualified to, you know, diagnose that, but just from what I read and seen. Yeah. Um, Philadelphia shoulder surgeon late to the game here, but seems like another best guess. What was your impression of Charlie and Donna's relationship when you were growing up. We talked a little bit about that. You knew Charlie not super well, but you obviously were a classmate. Uh, did you have any inkling into their into that relationship? No, I didn't. Um, but like I said, I've heard from friends that it was just a very normal uh, a normal relationship. Donna probably was a little bit of a helicopter parent, um, which it seems like. But other than that, I couldn't I couldn't say. Uh, Kate Fox. So Wendy and Charlie are from town. No, this is, he, he met them in South Florida in a town called Coral Springs and then went, um, Jared went to law school and that's where Dan was teaching. And that's how he got to know Wendy, who was, uh, did her third year of law school. If I understand that correctly at the FSU. Yeah. Real quick for, uh, we all, I went to high school with Charlie and Wendy at Terabella. I knew them, uh, but I became better friends with Wendy when we were in law school. So, Jared, going back in like the uh, time machine, you know, no one really knows. Yeah, no one knows the answer. But let's just say it's 2012, 2013. What do you think was going on behind the scenes with the Adelsons? Do you think because now you you say openly that you think Wendy was involved? Mm -hmm. Do you think Wendy was look, I'm the youngest child and I know how to press my own mother's buttons. Do you think Wendy was pressing Donna's buttons 
and Charlie was the facilitator. How do you think this played out? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think, I think they all just kind of, they were all miserable in the situation. Um, you know, look, we, we now know, and despite what uh, Wendy tried to say at the last trial about how she had come to peace with it and liked Tallahassee and was even trying to buy a house, blah, blah, blah. We all know she did not like Tallahassee. Read her book, uh, which, by the way, <clears throat> I did read when it was first released. She, gave, she sent a bunch of us uh, free copies on Amazon. So mm. I, I actually have it. I, I want to go back and read it now with a different mindset. I haven't done that. But read her book. She hated Tallahassee. She, you know, the whole family thinks poorly of Tallahassee and those of us that live there. And, and I consider myself a Tallahassee now. I've been there almost 30 years. Um, I think they were just all miserable in the situation. And how do we get out of it? Do we pay him? Do we bribe him? Do we, you know, try and, and uh, you know, force him into something? Do we go to the law school and say that he's a harasser? I mean, all these things probably went through their mind. And finally, you know, one of them, and I don't know who it was, probably was just like, look, we got to take care of this problem. And there's only one way to do it. And that's probably how it happened. Um, you know, I don't know that. Um, that would be my, um, that would probably be my thought process of, of how it happened. But man, I can't believe that's where, where their minds went. And Jared, you said that, you know, a lot of people that know them, for the most part, why are most people, um, and I guess it's understandable because they put a hit out and killed, uh, you know, Dan Markell, but is that why most people are afraid to speak out publicly? I think that's part of it. Um, I think a lot of people just don't want to be out in the public. Um, there are some people that, you know, don't want people finding them on the internet and you know the world is a weird place now joel <laughs> it's a very strange place <laughs> um so i think people are very protective of themselves and again these people hired a hitman <laughs> it's you know it's not we're not dealing with normal people and thank god one of them's in prison for life and one's in jail right now awaiting trial um but there's still two two people that are out there and who knows, you know, do I think that they would try and, you know, off any of us that go on the air? No, I don't think so. But people are worried about stuff like that. Uh, they sure are. Uh, my mom is one of them, but she's on the periphery. She likes to be paranoid. Um, Wood Owl says, did you or anyone, you know, ever hear anything about Dan bad mouthing, creating a hostile workplace as she tried to say, was he emotionally abusive ever? I think you said a little bit at the beginning that, you know, Dan was obviously the smartest guy in the room, Harvard undergrad, Harvard law. Um, he could sometimes be a bit of a difficult personality. Uh, would, would you see that? And but would it go to this degree? Well, he's he was a law professor. I mean, that, <laughs> you know, if any of your guests had been to law school, law school is one of the most emotionally abusing things you're ever going to go through. <laughs> I mean, it's it's. <laughs> You know, that's what they do. Uh, they try and scare the crap out of you so most of you will quit. Um, and Dan was no different. I mean, I never had him as a professor, but I know people that did. And you know, all law professors, especially 1L professors, they use the Socratic method where they'll just call on you. And so that's what they're used to doing. They're used to, you know, needling people. And, and so I'm sure that there were times when Danny would needle uh, Wendy about certain things. 
But let me tell you, as someone who's married to an attorney and is an attorney, sometimes, you know, two attorney households can have a little bit of this. It's just something that happens. As far as a, a hostile work environment, I mean, I, I, I am sure there was awkwardness as they were going through the divorce. They worked in the same place. That's a little weird. Um, I have a very good friend of mine up in New York, uh, New Jersey, who was going through a divorce and they lived together while they were going through the divorce. And I know how awful that was for him. So I can imagine having to go every day to work and see the person you're going through a horrible event with uh, is difficult. Um, but I, I mean, I, I don't think he made it a hostile work environment any more than she probably did as well. Um, it, it, by its very nature of them working together in the same place, I'm sure it was somewhat hostile. Uh, Kat Renee here. Uh, Jared, this is something that's come up, and I had digital forensics experts on just a week or so ago to discuss this. Apparently, she was using WhatsApp, which is encrypted. Do you know? Did she, did she ever use it with you? Do you know? No, I, uh, I'm fairly tech savvy, and I don't even really know how to use WhatsApp. Um, it, I have it on my phone, but I think I've maybe used it once. Um, I, I never used it with Wendy. Like I said, we would either uh, email um, or I would talk with her on Gchat, which doesn't even exist anymore. Uh, and Jared, I am uh, casting no aspersions, but someone said that uh, Wendy's type and you dated her was a nerd. Do you agree with that? Did she like nerds? Probably, are you, yeah. a, are you yeah. a nerd, oh, Jared? I'm, I'm a total nerd. I, you know, I'm 100%. I'm a Star Wars nerd. I'm a total nerd. I'm a lawyer. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay says, what made Jared reconnect with Charlie at the reunion? I, mean, I assume you were just at the reunion, and there you go. Yeah, we just, uh, it was, you know, it wasn't uh, all 600 Terabella graduates from 1995. There were probably about 150 of us that were at the 10-year reunion. And, you know, we just kind of were in a group of people hanging out, having a few drinks. Um, I may, I, I can't even remember. I think I might have even brought a flask because I was too cheap to buy the, you know, the drinks at the bar. But uh, um, yeah, we just ended up, you know, hanging out with a group of people and uh, had fun. Um, did you attend uh, court at all during Charlie's trial? They're asking specific, specifically about the day of Wendy's testimony. Did you have any interactions with her? What do you think of the, the, being in court for this? Yeah, I was there. Um, I walked uh, walked next door. Uh, in fact, if you watch that 2020 episode, uh, at the end of it, when they're showing the courtroom, they zoom right in on my friend Ashley and I. And I was just like, oh, my God. I made the 2020 episode, even though I told him I wouldn't be interviewed. Um, and funny, uh, uh, someone associated with my work, uh, we were at a meeting recently. He's like, I've been meaning to ask you a question. I was watching the 2020. I said, yes, that was me. I was I was on it. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I was there. Um, I did not have any interaction uh, with Wendy. We did. I, I can't. I mean, we made eye contact. She knew I was in the room. Um, just like Charlie knew I was, uh, during the trial at some point. Um, and another story on Charlie, I'll tell in a second. Um, but yeah, I was there. Um, I just felt like I wanted to be there, uh, partial to support, uh, you know, obviously again, to support the, the Markels, but also again, for them to know that people you grew up with know what you did. And in fact, during one of Charlie's hearings, this was probably about a year ago, 
um, I went over to the courtroom and I sat there and, you know, there's this picture in the Tallahassee Democrat and Charlie like turns his head and is looking and it says, Charlie, Charlie Adelson surveys who's in the court. He looked right at me and I could mm. hear him because there were only like 10 of us in the courtroom. And he said to, to Dan Rashbaum, he said, I went to high school with that guy. Mm. Uh-oh. Um, yeah, you never want to be noticed by Charlie. Someone asked me if I'm jealous that he has not mentioned STS on the jailhouse calls. I'm very happy about that, actually. Uh, he, he mentioned our friend Preston Scott, who's got the morning yeah. show in Tallahassee. Um, here's a question that everyone wants to know, Jared, from Tia. When did Wendy start wearing blue contacts and what's the real color of her eyes? You know, I, I don't know. Um, I always thought her eyes were actually blue. Um, and they very well may be, um, but I, I couldn't tell you someone with green eyes myself, you know, I've, I've always, you know, noticed light eyes, but, uh, yes, she has very blue eyes and I don't know, she wears contact lenses. She said that, I don't know if she wears colored contacts or not. That's not something I ever asked her. Jared's wife's eyes are much prettier. Don't worry. Yes, uh, Janelle, beautiful here. brown eyes. Yes, Janelle is, uh, I think, writing to us from uh, the former Yugoslavia because she was on the chat yesterday, and that's where my mother's from. Do you think if Charlie, this is an interesting question, it's for me, but obviously for Jared. Do you think if Charlie did not date Katie Magbanawa um, and the Latin King uh, connection there, do you think the murder for hire would not have been thought about? That's an interesting hmm. question. You know, I don't know um, because I, I don't think – that Katie Magbanoa was the impetus to the murder. I think she was the, you know, the, the facilitation of the murder. They probably would have tried to find someone else. Um, you know, uh, it made it easier for them to get it done. That's for sure. I mean, when you look at the, the people that Katie was connected to, but I, I can't tell you uh, whether it would have happened or not. Um, Unfortunately, like before, we don't have that DeLorean to go back and see and 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 to prevent it. Because if I had that DeLorean, that'd probably be the first thing I'd try and do. Hmm. Uh, here's another question: Does Jeff seem like the kind of guy, Lacasse, that Wendy would date seriously, or do you think she could have been using him just to set him up to take the fall? Interesting question. I do sort of think that you know she was trying to set him up, trying to feel that out, but. Uh, what do you think, Jared? I think it's both. Um, I think she definitely was trying to set him up, but that was on the tail end of the relationship um, where she had, one, she had decided she was going to do whatever she could to move back to South Florida. Um, and and Jeff wasn't coming to South Florida. He wasn't part of that plan. <clears throat> but two, I mean, look at who she married. Um, you know, Jeff and Danny the more, the more times I see Jeff, and I've never met him in person, I've never run into him, you know, at the grocery store or anything like that, but I've seen him, you know, on TV and, and it, it, you know, on, uh, during his testimony, he bears a striking resemblance to the person she married. So to, to ask, is he someone that she would date um, seriously? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's, he seems like a very intelligent guy. Uh, and, you know, Wendy does seem to like very intelligent people. So yeah, I, I think it's possible. Now uh, you said earlier that your wife immediately thought it was a hit, but Lindsay Shea is saying, did you suspect Charlie uh, when, when you did first hear about the murder? What, I mean, what did you think happened? Did you, do you remember having a thought one way or the other? Yeah. You know, my first thought was 
man, there's a crazy law student running around or, or former law student. Um, because if anyone, you know, anyone who's been to law school knows it's ultra competitive. Um, law school is different than, than regular school where it doesn't matter how you did in school. It matters how you did relative to the other people in your class uh, because of the bell curve and, and all that. So um, I thought my first initial thought was, holy crap, there's a crazy ass law student or lawyer, you know, running around. Um, after about a couple of days, I was like, you know, and, and there was some information that started coming out and, you know, about you heard a little bit about the Prius and things like that. Then I started thinking, okay, this is, I started to kind of agree with, with my wife that this, this is probably something a little more nefarious than someone who's got a, a B on their, you know, crim law final. Um, and yeah, Charlie, I, I thought of Charlie pretty quickly. Um, you know, just because mean, means motive and opportunity. Uh, you know, I mean, he, he certainly had the means. There was definitely a motive there, especially, I mean, look, they took off and left Tallahassee two days after this happened. Um, and then opportunity, I mean, you know, he certainly had an opportunity to, to help his sister. 100% on all of those. Uh, Melanie Schooler, Skyler here. How do you say the Schuylkill River in Philly? Uh, Janice lives in Charlie's house. Um, I don't know if you know anything about this. And we drove by. We did a family tour. You don't happen to know anything about Janice, do you? Uh, from what I understand, no, just from what a, I've heard. Yeah. And I think she's a psychologist from what I've heard, but she's uh, living in the house. We've got a super sticker. That is the house on uh, whatever it's called. Uh, I forget the name. Whale, the whale, whale, the whale Harbor. Whale Harbor Lane. Yes. And we, uh, if you want to check it out, we did a little South Florida tour uh, of the Adelsons. Uh, Jewel Jet, super sticker. Thank you. Uh, you sort of answered this, but I don't know if it was that bluntly. Do you think Wendy is going to be charged. If you listen to uh, the YouTubers today, a lot of the focus is now turned to Wendy. Do you think there is an indictment coming uh, sooner than later, Jared? Yes, I think she will eventually be charged. Uh, whether it is fully, you know, for all the three same counts, I don't know. Or whether they try and Al Capone her and, and you know, use perjury, I don't know. Um, but I do believe her day in court is coming. Um, you know, I hate it for those boys because it's this whole thing is going to throw their their life into even more chaos. But you know, they deserve the justice for their father and for themselves. And and Ruth and and Shelly and and Phil as well deserve it. I think Wendy's going to have a lot to answer for. Uh, by the way, someone asked earlier, and I meant to pull the question up, you know, uh, there's been talk about friends like yourselves um, putting together something for the boys at the request of Ruth and uh, Phil and Shelly. Have you done anything? Have you written anything or put together any sort of thing? Um, are you in touch with Ruth, you know, Phil or Shelly? No, I'm not, but I'd be happy to. And, and uh, you know, um Karen Cyphers, who I know you've had on the show, uh, is a very good friend of mine, uh, and I'll talk with her and and uh, happy to to get with her and and do whatever we can do to to help them out. Uh, here we go, another uh, Tanya. It's the most wanted uh, answer here. What color are Wendy's eyes when she takes out her tinted contacts? Coming from my man Ned Smith. Um, so these jailhouse calls, um, we couldn't really pull up any just because of. Uh, 
the COE has been working to get all the shows for when we are not here lined up. And so uh, best with her hard drive is I know you guys don't care about that, but I'm telling you why we don't have the uh, audio up. But as you've listened to these jailhouse calls, and I'm sure you have, and Pretty Lies and Alibis, my friend Gigi McKelvey has been posting them all on her site, doing an awesome job. What do you make of these calls? First of all, Charlie talked to Donna more than five hours a day from the time he was convicted till she was arrested. Um, and they're talking about everything, but he's repeating a lot of the same stories. Has anything stood out to you in particular? Well, first of all, do you think Donna's happy to be in jail now? So she doesn't have to listen to all this crap. Oh, oh my boy. God. Oh boy. I, I'm wait. I'm waiting for Donna's calls to come out. Oh my Working gosh. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's funny. I actually took a few notes. Uh, on the calls to to bring up what really has stood out. First of all, the whole making fun of y'all. Um, that's just how we talk in Tallahassee. I'm a Jersey boy and I say y'all all the time. Uh, it's just, you know, when you live in Tallahassee, that's how you talk. It wasn't her trying to be folksy and put on her Southern charm, y'all. That's just who Georgia is. Um, and that's who those jurors were. And you know what? If Dan Rashbaum wasn't smart enough to go ahead and hire local counsel like he should have. That's on him, not on anyone else. Um, second of all, this was Tallahassee Super Bowl. Um, you know, how many times did he say that? Well, first of all, Charlie, I know you're in, in jail or prison now and can't really watch a whole lot, but Florida State played Miami that same week. You don't think that was more of a Super Bowl for us than, than a trial of a dentist who was, you know, dumb enough to hire a hitman and Walmart hitman at that. Um, but let me, I mean, there's just so many things that stand out and then him continuing to talk about how, or, or Donna said it, I think, and Charlie agreed is like, Oh, I mean, Dan just talks about how unfair this was that the prosecution got to go last. That's how it works. Every trial attorney knows in closing the the state goes, the defense goes, the state gets to rebut. That's how it works. I mean, it's worked that way for, you know, I, I'm sure I don't think it was originally like that. I think they've changed it a few times over the years, but that's how our justice justice system works. And you know what? There's a lot of people who didn't commit crimes that have gotten off when that has happened. There's also people that did commit crimes who have gotten off when that happened. You know, OJ Simpson. Um, it's just, that is how our legal system works. So there's just so many things in there. And then the biggest thing, he never says, we didn't do this. We need to find who did. We've got, you know, we have all these means, all this money. Let's hire private investigators. Let's do whatever we can because, look, I'm pissed that I'm sitting here and rotting in jail and, and mom, you know, they're coming after you or whatever. But let's make sure we find out who did this. That's the only way I'm getting out of here. Hasn't said that once. Yep. Uh, Dr. G explains, who's a friend of mine and does amazing work. He's a body uh, language expert. Um, what's it say? More than 6,300 in chat. Thank you. Please hit the like button. And, uh, don't forget to subscribe. I was going to say forget, but don't forget to subscribe and rate us five stars on audio platforms. That's coming from the boss, uh, the COE. Um, what was I just saying? I'm telling you. I You're talking about you. Dr. G. Oh, Dr. G. So he just did a show and um, – this is with the interview uh, with Detective Isom and Wendy kept referring to they uh, in the initial interview as opposed to he or a hitman or whatever it was. She kept saying they and uh, that stood out to him, certainly stands out to me. I'm wondering if uh, 
someone like Georgia Kappelman is going back and uh, looking at all of that. I'm sure someone also mentioned that she would probably love to see her uh, her email to you, Jared, where she's telling everybody that she had nothing to do with this. So, um, yeah, I got I'm sure she's seen that, but I got to find it and see. Uh, like I said, it's in my in my Gmail somewhere. Yeah, that could definitely definitely be uh, state's evidence right there. Um, what do you what did you think of the. Um, you know, the so-called so-called double extortion theory when that came out in court, um, your reaction. Yeah. So a few things. Number one is preposterous. Um, <laughs> it's it's just absolutely asinine. I like who who could believe that? Uh, maybe juror number 15, and that's about it. Who, by the way, I found out lives around the corner from me. So that, mm. that's kind Be of careful. I saw that juror. Yeah. He's a little wacky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, very interesting. Like literally around the corner for me. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, here's the thing that, that gets me. If this were true, if it were true that these hitmen on their own accord decided, hey, let's drive eight hours, seven hours, whatever it is, depending on how fast you drive up to Tallahassee, let's shoot the professor and then let's extort the money man, Charlie Adelson, for $333,000. Number The first thing I would do is I'd be calling the cops. because and, and to say I was scared, so I didn't call the cops. That's when you do call the police. <laughs> They're there to pr- protect and serve. You call the police. So then for nine years, he, he didn't ever bring this up until he's sitting on trial. Uh, he never told his sister. I mean, come on. Don't you think she would have liked to know who killed Danny? And you've known since the day it happened and never said a word. And then you hear all these wiretaps and all, you know, the bump and everything else. And it's never, my God, we've got to call the cops and, and tell them about this extortion. It is insane that they thought that anyone would believe that. And the fact that there was maybe one or two people uh, that were alternate jurors that did believe it. I mean, I've got this awesome bridge to sell you in Brooklyn, and I've got even better beachfront property in Arizona for you. <laughs> I mean, um, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it really is crazy. Um, in fairness, Stan Rashbaum had a, a tough, tough gig oh, there. for sure. Um, yeah, for sure. Tough job. How do you think he played? Speaking of uh, Tallahassee, how do you think he played in that Tallahassee court? And do you think with Donna, um, from what I understand, that they are looking to get a Tallahassee, uh, at least one member of the team uh, from Tallahassee? I think that that's wise Um, and not so much because you need someone with, you know, a little bit of a southern drawl or anything like that. But people in Tallahassee know Tallahassee. Uh, they know what works. They know what doesn't work. Um, they'll, you know, especially people that have been in that courtroom and have, have argued against Georgia or in front of Judge Everett. Um, you know, they're they're going to be able to guide you better. I thought Dan Rochbaum for what he was handed did an admirable job, but he had, I mean, he had a turd sandwich of a case. I mean, you got this guy who cannot shut his mouth. And he's all over. I mean, they have so much on him in wiretaps. They have the the crazy mother sending these emails that are just, I mean, insane. And, you know, he, he didn't stand much of a chance with what he was given. And then they come up with that defense, uh, you know, 
I think Tim said it on your show that they would have been better to say, yeah, I paid these guys to rough them up and they got out of hand uh, and, you know, kind of said mea culpa. I would love, you know, I'm admitting yeah. to conspiracy to, you know, for, for assault, but not for murder. Yeah, he, he would have went away for felony murder, but he would have seen the light of day again, though, I think, if, yeah, if that was the so defense, too. you know, uh, so. um Mr. Sport here, do you think Harvey, he's the one we haven't really talked about. My own mother thinks that Harvey is definitely involved. Uh, what say you, Jared Ross, about Harvey? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can say on that is if Charlie was involved, if Donna was involved, and if you believe Wendy was involved, how do you not think Daddy Dearest was involved too? I mean, I, but, you know, you just have to. A hundred percent. I agree with that. Uh, Jason Lipoff, shout out to him. He went to dental school. He's been on the show. He's in the chat. He was just saying hello. I whizzed right by his comment, but uh, shout out to uh, Jason Lipoff. Um, does Jared know people? Here's a question uh, that Wendy was meeting for lunch the day of the murder. Uh, did they provide any infos or anything that you can shed light on regarding that? I don't know if I know who she was meeting for lunch. I know at one point she mentioned some names and it's possible I knew and you know knew who they were or knew them at the time. I don't have any insight into that. Um, you know, I did get asked recently also about the bullet bourbon. Um, I've actually seen the invitation for the the stock the bar party, which had a picture of bullet bourbon on it. So there is a little bit of a uh, defense for her on that. I know people uh, make a, a big deal about the bullet bourbon, but like the actual invitation has that. I saw that, uh, but I don't have any insight under under the folks that uh, that she was having lunch with. Uh, the infamous bump from Melanie again. When you heard about the bump, did you think Charlie would fall for it like he did? Instead of shrugging it off, um, they kind of got him hook, line, and sinker, as they say. I mean, they're they're good at what they do. The FBI and and uh, you know the police department they are good at what they do. And if they want to get you, they're going to get you. And they did it. And especially when they knew they had a guy who just cannot keep his mouth shut. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and and as someone uh, I recently talked to uh, said, you know, when when the police come calling for you, or or when the FBI calls, you, you just. You know, you you listen and you answer their questions. He didn't even know it was the FBI and he listened and answered their questions. So they're really good at what they do. Yeah. And we've uh, we've been in touch with Bump Man, believe it or not, a great guy. And uh, when he's able to speak, he's going to come on STS. A lot of people are asking why he was so nice. And he's got the answer as to why he was so nice that day. There was a reason for it. And uh, when he's able to, uh, he will talk to us. Uh, he's given me that promise. A very good guy, wishing him only the best. And he's a big reason that this case uh, broke wide open. Uh, a few more questions, and then uh, we will start to wrap it up. But uh, do you think, from KDH, that it's possible? And then, of course, I'm going to ask, Jared, don't worry, about who he thinks might flip on who. We're getting to that, too. But um, do you think it's possible that Donna may decompensate in jail and require a trip to the state hospital. I have to tell you, Jared, uh, you know this. It's my worst fear. She seems to be holding up okay. How? I do not know. Um, number one, were you surprised that her and Harvey made a run for it? Um, but how do you think she's going to respond to uh, being incarcerated over a period of time? I, uh, I am not shocked at all 
that they made a run for it. What I'm shocked about is that they waited that long. Um, and number two, that they bought one way tickets. Um, I mean, hello, red, red alert, red alert. Uh, you know, it's like, I, I mean, if you're going to be, has criminal, to be the dumbest thing in the oh, entire, I mean, of all the things, you know, I, I think we all have someone in our family that, that has, you know, done bad things in their life. And I have one. And I used to say to this person, I said, you know, the worst part about you is not that you you're a criminal. It's that you're a bad criminal. Mm. And that's what these people are. They're bad at it. Um, but how do I think? I don't think she's going to hold up well. Um, the reality is now probably sunk in. Um, you know, she spent uh, all of the holiday, you know, I mean, all of Hanukkah and Christmas and jail behind bars. Like this is something that probably is really foreign to anyone, let alone someone like her. Um, we'll, we'll see, but right now she's in a place that it's bad, but it, I mean, it's not as bad as where Charlie is and where Charlie's going and what that's do you where think, she's headed. What do you think Wendy would say to you for coming on a show like surviving the survivor? Oh, she'd probably tell me to go fly a kite. <laughs> and you know what I'd say? You know what I'd say? What would you say? You had your husband killed. Mm. You're, you know, who has the moral high ground here? Very good response. I love it. And it's, uh, I would have said something that rhymes with duck, but you're a better man. Uh -huh. um, oh, no, I, that probably would come out of my mouth as well. <laughs> um, you know, a good old autocorrect ducking. Uh -huh. uh, Jason uh -huh. Lipoff, a friend of Charlie's from dental school. He's been on the show in the Dr. call. When Charlie says, I should have listened to my gut. What do you think he was referring to? Was he talking about fleeing, getting out of Dodge and he, he waited too long? A one-way ticket to Vietnam. Uh, hopefully, you know, or, you know, you would have hoped he'd have been smarter to do a one-way ticket since we know that doesn't work. But yeah, he, he absolutely, because he keeps saying, I should, you know, I should have listened to my gut. And I, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. We, we all know what you mean. You wanted to leave. You wanted to flee and you should have. And, and you know what? You, you did. You went to a lot of these places and you came back because you're so arrogant. And you mm -hmm. thought you were smarter than us people in Tallahassee. And let me tell you, the Tallahassee Police Department gets a lot of flack from people a lot of times. Uh, this was some of the best police work I've ever seen, the, the way that they put all of this together. And then I said it earlier, but Georgia Kappelman, uh, and, and if Georgia, if you're listening, you're a genius. Uh, you and Sarah are awesome. And, and Jack Campbell, you've got an amazing office. Kudos to them. Uh, they are doing mm -hmm. the tough work. And as Jared said, uh, Georgia could be driving around Charlie's Ferrari if she was a criminal defense attorney, <laughs> but instead she's choosing to be uh, a state prosecutor. Barbara Gavin here. Um, give us a little more here, uh, Jared. When will Wendy be indicted? I think it's always sudden because no one expected Donna. But are you, are you thinking in the next three to six months? Or are you thinking the next three to six weeks? Are you thinking in the next three to six years? Give us a rough idea of what you're thinking. I think a lot of it depends. Um, number one, does Donna request speedy trial? Um, if she does, that's that could speed up everything. Um, we've already heard her attorney uh, tell them that they don't want to wait for the next appearance. They're, they're going to have it January 9th, I believe, which is a real interesting time because the legislative session starts the next day in Tallahassee. So it's going to be a really busy time in Tallahassee. Um, but what is she, you know, what is she thinking and how closely do, does the state attorney's office want to tie the two cases together? 
Um, I will say I was one person who did actually think that Donna was going to be arrested within the, with, within 21 days of, of Charlie's conviction. Uh, in fact, I told Karen, Karen Cyphers that, uh, and she said, I don't think it'll be that quick. And then when it happened, I was just like, Hey, I, I don't well. even practice criminal law and I got this one right. <laughs> um, Julie Grant, not to put her on the spot, but on, on our show, the uh, morning anchor at Court TV, who's also an attorney, said she thinks that it's coming very yeah. soon. She actually said before the new year. I don't see how that's possible, but um, obviously she thinks well, they um, work on the new year. So, you know, there you know. go. You never do know. Um, by the way, what do you think? Um, and there's been some information out there, I think, from True Lifestyle, Susan Harmon, our friend. You know, they seized Donna and Harvey's cell phones and iPads. Do you think that's going to be a treasure trove of info for uh, the state? Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely a lot of information on there. It's just a matter of how quickly they, can they get it. And, you know, I know that you're uh, the guest you had on recently that we're talking about, uh, you know, technology and, and things like that. You know, it just depends. Donna, like they said, probably does not have some, you know, long sophisticated password on her phone but you just never know uh and were they using whatsapp which is encrypted and did they delete messages which i know if you delete things on most apps they're not necessarily gone uh but i believe on whatsapp that they are harder to get to um but i do think there's going to be a lot of information on those on the phone and the ipad and and anything else that they get and they're watching these people still i mean we know that um they're, they're there. They, they, they see what Wendy and Harvey are doing and, and they're, they, they're uncomfortable knowing that I'm sure. I've had sources tell me that, um, you know, there are people, uh, at Ben and Lincoln's games, things of that mm -hmm. nature, uh, watching, uh, that they're definitely still eyes on them, which I got to tell you, and I've said this before, if I'm Wendy Adelson, I'm not sleeping well. And that's an understatement. Um, just imagine, I mean, it's like the holidays, you're out with your kids and you just never, ever know if someone's coming knocking on that door or they're going to come meet you at the mall or whatever it is um, and take you down. So uh, look, everyone, look how far behind I am. People here just saying hello to Phil Markell. I'm going to scoot <laughs> to the end here. So if you guys have new questions or comments, um, I am way behind. Put them in the uh, chat now and I'll try to get a few uh, back here. A bunch of people were commenting on that comment you made earlier about Wendy sort of co-opting other people's stories. How common was that? And did that was that a window for you into sort of a little bit of a psychopathy or sociopathy? I know you're not a psychologist, but uh, that's a little weird to be taking other people's stories, especially about cancer and making them your own. Yeah, I never I never knew it until um, after the case. Um, it was something that we, you know, as we all started talking and, and start putting two and two together, you're like, man, that never happened to her, but it happened to so-and-so. And you're like, holy crap, she is literally like trying to use people's stories to get sympathy for the things she does. Um, and it just, it, it, it goes back to that whole manipulating and the whole um, trying to make herself out to be better than she is. So, yeah, there's definitely a psychopathy to that. Um, again, I'm not a, a psychiatrist or psychologist, but I think any uh, anyone who's ever, you know, watched a thriller movie or or anything knows that that's what psychopaths do. 
To this point, uh, what has been the biggest surprise in this entire case for you? Oh, wow. The biggest surprise. Hmm. I think the biggest surprise is that it happened. That's, I mean, the whole thing happened. As far as the biggest surprise within the trials, how many times her story, particularly about the Trescott Drive, the Trescott Drive drive-by, how many different versions of that she's told? I mean, you prep witnesses. Uh, you know, your attorney's never going to tell you what to say. And, and it's funny because you heard Charlie on a call say, we didn't rehearse it. We didn't. Come on, dude. If you didn't rehearse it, you're, you're full of it. I mean, that, or Dan's just a bad attorney, which we know he's not. You did rehearse it. You, you talked about it. You had a, another attorney that pretended to be Georgia asking you cross-examination. That's what you do. You prep. Uh, and so Wendy was prepped for these trials and still gave not three, because she's testified three times, but she's given four different versions of the Trescott Drive drive-by. That is surprising to me for someone that is that smart and that calculating, unless it's a calculated move. Uh, going back to this memorial, and I promise we'll go a few more minutes because uh, a bunch You're of people fine. are saying that uh, this is one of the best, best guests ever. I have to agree. Jared is on I point. appreciate it. Um, from Elmi Albers. I love that name, actually. Uh, what was Wendy and her family's demeanor like at the memorial? Memorial. You talked about it a little, but, um, you know, they got out of Dodge literally two days later. But I mean, could you sense anything where you was? There, I'm sure everyone was so engrossed in the actual the murder and the fact that Danny was gone, that it was hard to pay attention to everything. But what did you notice? Yeah, I, she walked in, I remember, because uh, I was looking for her, because again, at this time, back in 2014, you know, I'm still thinking, oh my God, my friend Wendy, the the, the father of her children were just gunned down. Um, so I was looking for her, and when she walked in, I, I, she was holding uh, the younger boy and then walking with, the, um, the, with Ben, uh, so she was holding Lincoln, and uh, she just she just looked shocked. Uh, she looked in a state of shock. Um, it was kind of catatonic. Um, you know, I, I barely remember her mom being there with her and walking in with her. Um, but it was it, it was almost what you'd expect from someone, though, in, in that situation, just complete and to total shock. And then once I saw her and she was kind of around other people and I knew I wasn't going to go and bother her and, and have the opportunity to talk, we just kind of focused on making sure that, you know, we were paying attention and, and that the Markells were, if they needed anything, we were there to, you know, try and help them out. Shout out to the Philadelphia shoulder surgeon. She donated a lot. Look at that chat right now. It's at six, six, six. It just changed, but Ooh, um, that's a little that's scary. Sign of the devil, but you know what we're talking about. So who knows? Uh, Miss Brazy also uh, donating some memberships. Um, this is something that, uh, from Elf, I heard recently Wendy talked to the boys about death shortly before uh, the mm. murder. Uh, that is interesting. And uh, if there's any, you know, factual information related to that, I'm sure that's something Georgia would want in her possession. But speaking of the boys, this is something that people are increasingly concerned about. Curious to get your take, Jared. When Wendy is arrested, will the boys go to Canada? The bigger question is, are you worried what's going to happen to these boys uh, if something were to happen to Wendy in terms of uh, incarceration? Yeah, I, you know, um, 
the court will determine what happens with them. Uh, and you know, the, the standard, and I did take family law in, uh, in law school, uh, shout out to professor Wolf. Um, but, uh, I, I, you know, the one thing that they always, always think about is what's in the best interest of the child. And even though they're 14 and 13 now, um, you know, while in the Jewish faith, they are considered men, they are still minors. Uh, and so they're still, you know, they, they would, they would be taken care of through the system, which is the worst thing. You don't want that to happen, but I'm sure that they would make sure that they're entrusted into, uh, good hands, whether that is the Markels in Canada, uh, whether they've been in touch with, with Robert, um, I don't know, um, you know, unfortunately, it's something we're probably going to have to see play out because, you know, the time is coming. You heard it there. The time is coming. Um, how was Wendy's performance and reputation in law school? Was she seen as someone who was going places? It's, you know, it's interesting because she can't, she was only at Florida State for that one year. Um, and in law school, you're, you know, you kind of go through with the same class from one L year to, to three L year. I actually was a transfer student that came in in my two L year. Um, there's something about second years where I'm, I'm a new kid, uh, apparently. Um, but I was, uh, I, I will tell you, she was very smart, very articulate. Um, people knew that, that professor Markel, that Danny Markel, there were actually two professor Markels, um, that Danny Markel was her fiance or boyfriend. I can't remember if they were engaged yet or not. Um, but she, no, I mean, people liked her. Uh, she, again, if you took all of this out of it, she was a very likable person. Um, whether it was reality or she was being fake, I don't, you know, at the time I, I can't tell you. Um, but people thought she was extremely well-spoken, um, very put together, uh, and just well-liked. Mm. Um, Suzanne Holm, here's the meat and potatoes. So this family is starting to sort of point fingers. Uh, obviously they're in desperation mode. They're cannibalizing each other. Wendy and I mean, Donna and Charlie most notably are taking shots at Wendy. Do you think Jared, that there is a chance that Donna and or Charlie flip on Wendy? You're also a lawyer. Um, what do you think? There's always a chance, um, you know, especially you mentioned Charlie's uh, sitting in that facility in Chipley, uh, which is, you know, not a nice facility. Um, so he could get to the point where he's like, man, I've had enough of this. I'm going to tell you what actually happened. But much like Katie Magbanwa, where she finally came clean and she didn't get promised anything, the state's not going to give him any reason to they're not going to say hey charlie we're going to let you out if you tell us what happened because they've got him convicted on first degree murder with a sentence of life and as we know and, and joel you love to say it life in florida means life mm -hmm. he is never going to see the outside of a prison they don't have to to let him out and they don't need him to convict donna we know that we are we saw the dress rehearsal for donna's trial and I don't think they need him to convict Wendy. So I don't know that that he's going to have any motivation. Again, with Donna, they have no motivation to get her to, to talk either. She's 73 years old. I mean, what are they going to say? We'll give you 20 years. So she'll be 93 when she gets out. If anything, 
I wouldn't be shocked if Wendy flips on people because who's always in it for themselves? Crazy. Uh, Jared, good question here. I like this question. If you could use three adjectives for Wendy and three for Dan, what would you choose? Wendy first. Oh, geez. Three. Put you okay. on the spot. Put you on the spot. And sure. look at this. Shout out to Corrine Falcone. It's a Jersey name right there. Her mom, Susan, from Edison. My backyard was uh, the dividing line between Edison and Highland Park. Go ahead. Yeah. Jared. Uh, so three adjectives for Wendy would be cunning, mm. calculated, mm. and intelligent. There you go. Uh, for Danny, brilliant. Uh Loving in the way that he he treated those boys, and hmm, I'm trying to think of a third because I mean, brilliant is how everyone describes him, but uh, thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Like every year on my birthday, I'd get a message from him. You know, happy birthday! It's just something that he would always do. Like he would reach out to you. You know was always wishing you, you know, a happy Hanukkah and things like that. Like, that's just who he was. What about, what, what do you think was the driving force behind him getting more religious? Uh, you know, his family is kind of, you know, conservative, not not overly religious, but he was getting much more into it. What do you think was behind, he even wanted to be a rabbi at one point. Any thoughts on that? He probably, you know, when you go through your bar mitzvah, it's it's such an enlightening experience and it probably just, led him to that and then he probably found community within the you know within the more religious jewish faith i am myself not an overly religious person um but i am very active now in the jewish community both uh at my university at florida state and also in in tallahassee um and for me it was uh some anti-semitic acts in 2020 led me to be more involved and engaged in in the Jewish community. And then of course, what's going on in the world today now. Um, so it, it's probably, you know, something that was going on around him. Mm. Look at Yala. Steve Cohen must be extorting all these guests. How's he getting them? <laughs> uh, Steve Cohen, the best in the business at getting best guests. That's why he's with us here at STS. You can blame and, poor TV for this one. Yeah, Joel, actually, Joel and I randomly <laughs> got paired. Yeah, I literally bumped into uh, via Zoom. I bumped into yep. Jared, and uh, he was a great guest on Court TV. Um, someone uh, made a comment which I thought was interesting. Why did Wendy go and speak to Isom without an attorney present, being that she's a lawyer? Would you go talk to the police without an attorney, Jared? Absolutely not. <laughs> not you know. I, I mean, initially, I understand like the cops. Some come people are. And, some people know, are- People are going to say it's because she's innocent. If you have nothing to hide, you go nah. talk to the police. But what do you think was behind it? I, I, I think it was, again, the manipulation. I mean, and that's another thing that makes me think that this was all part of the plan. Like, I, I will tell you, if, if this were me, if the police came and picked me up at lunch and said, you know, God forbid something happened to someone you're close with, I would ask, you know, for as much as I could. But, and then when they started questioning me, the, the first thing I would say is I need my attorney present. I don't care if they've read me my rights, my Miranda rights, like do not. And, and this is free legal advice for all of you listening. And, <laughs> and yes, I do not. I, I do not do criminal law. My wife does for the state, but she, she does criminal law. Never speak in an interrogation room 
without an attorney present, period. I mean, that's it's just go. a good rule of thumb. My friend, uh, America's most respected detective, Phil Waters, won't like that answer, but um, that's the- I'm sorry, it's just, you know. <laughs> uh, because, they, they, again, they can use anything you say against you, anything. Yep. Have an attorney there to help you answer those questions. Um, This is a very interesting question. Can they interview the kids at some point? They are grown now. Very interesting question. I had not thought of that. Jared, have you thought about that? Well, they would still need a parent's permission. They're not 18. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and I don't think Wendy is giving that permission. So uh, now if Wendy is arrested then you know they they could they could get a court order to talk to the kids um but as far as would they be able to go over go and and interview the kids without wendy present or without an attorney no no that they can't do that for for minors Mm. uh this is for my kids and for the coe not a question just some montreal quebec canadian if you want to sound like a native you pronounce it montreal like money honey not montreal montreal jersey style haha bienvenue so uh coe you better get on them to to be pronouncing it correctly um (laughs) so we started i asked you you know kind of taking a trip down uh memory memory lane there you know what what though looking back in time the question to end with i think here is five ten years from now uh the markel boys ben and lincoln are young adults and uh if you were sitting in a bar with them what what would you tell them what kind of uh story would you share with them oh i would just tell them that they had a lot of time with their mom and regardless of what happened uh you know, remember the good times with her, uh, even if she's in, let's say she's in prison at this point, she loved those boys. There's, you know, but she loved herself more <laughs> and, and, and that's, uh, evident, but I, and then I would quickly just shift to your, who their father was, um, tell them about, you know, everything that he would do revolved around them, uh, that they were his life. And that he is smiling down on them, that he is making sure that they, you know, every day that there are blessings upon them. Um, and just remember to always keep their father's memory a blessing because it is. Uh, and, you know, to, to follow their own path. Um, but never forget that Danny Markell loved those boys more than he loved himself, more than he loved anything. And that's what they need to remember and that's what they need to know uh really well said susan wood great to hear jared's perspective thanks joel on um, this is i think the coe made this uh schedule show schedule uh tomorrow night you got ruth markell with dennis murphy of dateline nbc and dave Arenberg. thursday night another really interesting interview with uh the Adelson Institute hygienist who then worked alongside Charlie uh, in multiple different locations as he went on the road. And so did she. Um, please consider donating to jafco.org forward slash Markel. They do great work for fostering children. On Friday, it is Brian Enton of News Nation on the Gabby Petito story. 
And uh, Meve Moen, Steve Cohen, the best booker in the business, is working on a very big guest for when we get back related to this case on January 4th. If it is possible, uh, we are going to try to get that big best guest. If not, we'll have another big best guest. But um, huge shout out to uh, Jared Ross for coming on. For those who do not know, uh, he knew Charlie Adelson in high school. He graduated with him back in 95. He's also a longtime friend of Danny Markell and Wendy Adelson. He is a two-time graduate of Florida State University, having earned both his bachelor's and his law degree uh, there. And he now works as a lobbyist. Jared, uh, you summed it up beautifully, but just want to give you a chance uh, to give your final thoughts today. And thank you again for coming on. Just thanks for having me, Joel. Uh, you know, someone said in there that it sounds like I watch the show. I do uh, watch a lot. Uh, you have a lot of my friends on the show, so it's great. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, th this whole thing has created a community, um, which, you know, is, is great. And we are all here to support the Markells any way we can. Uh, I think that's, again, the most important thing that we have to remember is this is about you know, Ruth and Phil and Shelly and, of course, the boys uh, and whatever we can do to, to give them support and help bring justice to the family. That's what we need to do. And uh, keep supporting Joel and, and the show and, and all the other folks out there that are doing great work. I'm making sure that this is uh, brought to uh, br brought to the forefront. And uh, the last thing I'll say is go Knowles. And uh, we got screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. And the last thing I'll say is, love you, America. Joel and fam are headed to Canada. You can follow Behind the Scenes Chaos on Instagram. Yes, you can. Surviving the Survivor. Every time we go away, uh, there's a lot of chaos. And uh, the COE and I will post some of that chaos on Instagram at my uh, own, I don't know, uh, my own, my own uh, expense, I guess. But um, we will have programming the entire time we're away. We're back live with our next show, January 4th, as you just heard me say, trying to bring you a very big best guest. Until then, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, love you, America, love you, Canada, love you, everyone, all around the world. Final seconds of the game, a chance to score and the chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. <coughs> Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system, or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This 
is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks. 